step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Another singer of a popular Christian band has left the faith with... Uh, uh, while leaving some questions, we're going to talk about those questions that he had. Are there answers? Are they good questions? Are they bad questions? And how is how as Christians are we to respond to this type of thing? Um, we're going to talk about that and really a lot more in today's Peck Report. Hey everybody, hope you are doing well. Uh, so yeah, a lot a lot has been going on here at Daily Renegade. Um, I would ask if you haven't had a chance to already go and get a membership, uh, but I have so much content that I've been wanting to uh, share with you guys that I haven't been doing a lot of just original Peck reporting. You know the way that the the way that Peck report is usually gone, uh, which is going to be today's. You know we're actually going to do a, a Peck report today where I'm not cutting to some interview or something like that. Uh, but I do have a lot of that stuff that from time to time I'm going to be airing, especially because uh, there's there's a lot of reasons. But um, one of the main reasons is I've uh, the the past few months or so I've taken on a new uh, endeavor. It's actually a, uh, kind of a new um, a journey into filmmaking, documentary filmmaking, and I'm I'm finally about ready to be able to talk about it openly. We're getting very very close. I can share a little bit more about it as time goes on, but I've had to be very careful, especially with the subject matter uh, in my first film. Um, it's going to be produced, well, it is being produced through Defender Films, and I'll, I'll talk more about that uh, later, probably in a different pack report. But uh, to make time for that project, which it's, it's probably the most important thing I've ever, you know, outside of family and stuff like that, but within ministry work, uh, it's probably the most important thing that I've ever done because of the, the topic uh, it, it's it's just really important, and it's something that not a lot of people know about, and even less people know what to do about it, about this this issue that's uh, ravaging our country and our children. Um, it's also a topic that is full of sensationalism and uh, unfounded conspiracy theory. So I don't really have an interest in that side of it because I want to get to the truth of a matter. So we can fix it so we know what to do. Um, so I'll be talking about all of that later, uh, but from time to time I'm going to be playing some pre-interviews that I've done. I've already, I've already played a couple of them for you guys. 
um, pre-interviews that I've done uh, when I was putting the guest list together for this movie, and I, I have altogether 10 or 12 of those. Uh, so from time to time, we'll be playing those. Also, um, as you know, uh, my good friend Chad Schaefer did a, a whole marathon to try to help raise money for Christina and I, for our six-year-old son, Nathan, who's battling leukemia right now. Um, and he, uh, he has all those interviews. So from time to time, um, I've been playing those as well. So for the foreseeable future, you're going to get a mix of all that. Some original peck reporting, which is what we're doing today, plus some interviews from Chad, plus some pre-interviews from me, and then as time goes on, I'll share more details about this this upcoming project, which uh, is getting uh, closer and closer to release. So, very excited about that. Um, but today, we're going to talk about this story that a singer of a Christian band that, uh, frankly, I, I haven't heard of. I'm not, I'm not really... I am a Christian, but I'm not really into Christian music. I mean, there's just a lot of it that, to me, sounds kind of all the same and uh, it isn't isn't super creative. And I'm not saying that the message is bad. The message is great, but it's just a lot of it feels like it's written more to not offend people than it is written from the heart. You know, so so I it's I I don't really hear a whole lot of Christian music that talks about real issues that people are going through you know it's it's usually just praise and worship stuff which again there's nothing wrong with that you know that's that's fine especially if you're if you're in that kind of mood you know there's there's definitely a place for it but when it comes to a lot of christian bands for me they 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 just all kind of sound alike it's sort of like christian music or or like a lot of rap or you know it just it, it just all sounds the same they all basically say the same kinds of things and while those things are true you know jesus is lord but you know how many times can you sing that in a chorus you know by the 30th time of hearing jesus is lord it's like all right is the music going to change you know are we doing something here so um uh, I, so I don't know this band. Maybe this band doesn't fall in that category. I have no idea. But uh, I, I say all that not to be overly critical, but to just explain why I don't really know a lot about Christian music, even though I am a Christian myself. You know, it's sort of the same with like Christian movies or like Christian TV. To me, there's just not a lot of great stuff out there. Um, a lot of it is it, it, it's just rehashes of the same stuff that's already been that's already out there and keeps getting reproduced over and over and over again. So, um, and, and you know, I, I think we as Christians can do a lot better than that. I mean, if we if we if we claim that we're gonna we're gonna we know the truth, we have the truth, we know what's best for somebody's eternal soul, um, but then we get really lazy with our creative stuff. I mean, Christians were behind the Enlightenment. You know what happened? <laughs> what happened? So, I, and really, that's why I say a lot of this stuff. I don't even think that it's we're uncreative. I think we're we're too worried about not offending people. You know, I mean, if if we were gonna write a show that dealt with real issues, I, I I'm a, I'm afraid that that our fear is well, what if Christians don't like it because it's 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 too much. You know, it's it's too real. It's it, it it's not these cookie cutter characters that we see in every other movie or TV show. I, I think that that, and that just kills creativity. That, that's why I can't stand the spirit of offense. And, and that spirit, and this does connect with what we're talking about today, because this spirit does drive people away from the church. It does drive people away from uh, Jesus. And I don't think Jesus means for us to have a, a spirit of offense like that. 
So when this story broke, um, and it's the lead singer of a band called Hawk Nelson, um, when this story broke that he no longer believes in God, of course you, you got, you got the, the standard, you know, what a lot of people do. You know, they'll get online and bash the guy. It's, it's either they, they just love the guy no matter what, or they hate him now, and they use this as an opportunity to just bash him and say, you know, well, he was never a Christian to begin with then. He couldn't have been, which we will get into that. There's a big problem with that idea. We will, we will get into that today. Um, and I remember the last time something like this happened... It was a year or two ago. Uh, I so anybody who follows me, you know, like I'm big on the, you, you know, I'm big on the. Let, let's not get offended at each other. You know, we gotta love one another. That doesn't mean that we have to accept any crazy idea that comes along, but we do have to be Christians, and we have to, you know, having love for one another is a huge, huge part of that. Um, it, it, it's like half the equation, you know, love God, love one another, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that too. But a lot of times, and back back then, what I noticed uh, in my Facebook feed, um, I you know a couple years I forget I even forget what the guy's name was, but uh, I think it was another singer of a band or something. But I po I posted a link to it, and I I kind of was curious just what people were going to say, and a lot of it was you know the typical stuff that you'd expect. You know, well, he was never a Christian to begin with then, and um, you know it it it, it it's too bad that that. He didn't have anybody to talk to, or he didn't go and search the. A lot of it was a lot of it was was blaming him that he didn't go and search out the answers for himself. Which yes, there is a place for that, you know, there is a place. But that was like all I saw, and my 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 basic thing on that. I I had some different things to say, um, which are I'm going to kind of repeat in this one, but um, so I don't want to I don't want to get ahead of myself here. But one thing that was really encouraging this time around is. When you work in ministry, like like I do, and when you're when you're trying to convey ideas that will hopefully convict people and change their minds and ch change the way that they think about things or live, so that they can be more productive Christians or uh, or, or that so so they can get more people saved or, or spread the gospel more efficiently, uh, it, it it's hard to know if you're ever really changing anybody's minds. So for me. You know, I can't speak for anybody else, but for me being in ministry, I'm not in this for myself. Like, I don't, I don't care as much. I, I don't, I don't care about the satisfaction of changing somebody's mind because that means I was right all along and aren't I smart? And you, you know, that gives me value. It's not about me. The reason that I do these videos and, and, and stuff, it, it's because I want to serve you the best that I can because I believe that's what Jesus has called us to do. I want, I want to serve you. Just, just, just like, just like how Jesus served all of us by dying on the cross, you know, um, we're called to be servants, and so I, I don't necessarily look at myself as a leader, except for those times when, you know, being a leader is how to best serve somebody, but and that does come up, but I, I want to see myself as more of a of a servant. So when when I don't know if I'm really making a difference or changing anybody's minds or or helping them think in, in, in a better way that, that will help them spread the gospel to more people more efficiently, because that's what it's all about. 
it, it can get discouraging when I when I don't when I don't know if I'm if I'm really making a difference in anybody's lives. You, you know, um, because again, ultimately, it's not about me; it's about you. So you can spread the gospel better, so there can be more people saved, so more people can escape hell, so more people can be with Jesus, uh, you know, in eternity. And I mean, that's 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 the whole point. So more people can get can get fulfillment in Jesus instead of the things of the world. Um, so a couple of years ago, I, I made that post, and, and I saw, it, from a lot of people that follow me, I saw basically what I expected. This time around, it was really encouraging. So this time around, I, I posted a link to this story that we're going to look at. And there still was some of that, so clearly there's there's still work that we need to do here. But more and more, I saw people, it was, it was like half, which was amazing. More and more I saw people say, man, we really need to rally and, and, and pray for this guy. You know, we, we as the church need to do better at providing answers for these, these basic questions because the, the, the questions this guy has, they are important. They're very important questions, but they are also pretty basic. I'm not calling the guy stupid. He's not stupid. We have all asked these questions uh, at one point or another in our lives. Um, so I'm not I'm not saying that, and I'm not I'm not even really blaming him for not knowing where to go or for 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 not knowing you know there there is there is a place where he bears responsibility. Obviously, he's he's going to be judged according to this. You know, we know that, but we can't pretend that we share no blame in this whatsoever. Because if people are falling away from the faith, and we know that's going to happen, we know that's prophecy. People are going to fall away from the faith. Um, we know a delusion is, is, is coming, but the best way to mitigate as much as we can against that and to be blameless through that is we need to be providing these answers. But if we, if we aren't providing these answers, if we don't know the answers ourselves, then we haven't done enough. We, we haven't taken our faith seriously enough to be able to, to, to spread it and make good, strong Christians. Because that's what we want. We, want, we, don't want. we don't want weak Christians that are going to fall away from the faith the second that they're confronted with a difficult issue. We want good, strong Christians that are going to weather through the storm, that are going to stick with Jesus, and that, that are going to, they're, they're going to they're gonna finish the race, right? I mean, that's, that's the whole point. Uh, we, we want we want we want to teach good endurance, but it's not enough to just say you need to endure till the end. That is true. You do need to endure till the end, but why and how? So that's what we as Christians should be dedicating our lives to. You know that that's that's a that's a good service for for Jesus that we can provide that He wants us to provide. Um, and the thing is, Jesus doesn't need us to do this. He He's asking us to. This is what he's created us for. He's doing it through us. This is how he has decided to get his purposes met. But the thing is, if you're not going to do it, he will go find someone else. Either way, Jesus is going to get his purposes accomplished, with or without you. See, that, that thought keeps me going. I know if I don't stay grounded, if I, if I, don't, if, if I don't, if I get lazy... Or if I get just complacent in where I am and I, I just make YouTube videos about Nephilim and talk about nothing else or, you, you know, or just the same basic stuff and just get really lazy with it, God is going to get his purposes done and he, he will go to somebody else and do it with somebody. There are people that have come before me 
where I'm the second guy, where I'm the guy that God decided, okay, you know, this guy is going to do it. I'll, I'll go see if Josh wants to. You could be that person too. You very well, you very, you most likely are. There are so many people that they're, they're made for a purpose. God creates them for a purpose and they shirk off that responsibility. So God moves on to somebody else. I believe that happens more often than not. I, I think, I think, I think, you know, like a lot of people are called to do stuff, you know, but not a lot of people answer that call or they'll answer it for a little while and they get distracted with something else. And I've even had moments in my life where that's a very real temptation because we're human beings. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to be tempted to get distracted with the things of the world, especially when things are going good. But the problem is when you do that, when things go bad, you don't have a grounding, you know? Uh, so... And that's why I actually thank God that I never got into into like the entertainment business or into into music, especially. Um, I uh, years ago I wanted to be a Christian musician. I had no real grounding, no theology. Like no, I just I I loved music and I was a Christian and and you know I knew how to play guitar and so I I wanted I really wanted to be in a Christian band and I almost was. Actually, the day. The day I was supposed to go and sign the papers, I, I was I was going to be signed on an independent record label uh, back in Michigan. The day that I was supposed to drive up and sign the papers, um, I got a phone call from the owner of the uh, company, and he said that the company had just gone bankrupt. You know, the the, the entire label that day had had basically. I mean, obviously he saw it coming for for like a while before that, but he he didn't bother to tell me. Um, until that, that day, but the whole record label went 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 away. You know, just total bankruptcy. They, as far as I know, they never recovered, um, and I was devastated. You you have no idea because I thought I thought here I am. I'm 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 fulfilling my purpose. It wasn't my purpose. It was a it, it, it wasn't the purpose God gave to me. It was the purpose I gave to myself. It was a very worldly thing. I wanted to play music in front of people. You know, I wanted people to like me. It was an extremely worldly thing, and it wasn't really for Jesus. You know, it was for me. And um, so I was really devastated. That, that, was, that was the closest that I've ever become, uh, that, I, that I've ever come at just saying, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just angry with God. I don't want anything to do with this anymore. I didn't lose my faith through it, but that was the closest that I've come to just like, really being angry with God. And, and I, logically, I knew that I couldn't really make that work because God is right all the time. You know, he's not wrong. I didn't have a reason to be mad at him. You know, I, I, I was just more, I was really what it was is I was mad at myself and I was projecting it onto him. Um, I was mad at myself for allowing myself to waste that much time in something that was purely self-indulgent. Uh, and you know, now I'm not saying that all Christian musicians are like that. There are people that are called for, you know, in that to be in that ministry, uh, but I, I wasn't one of them, not not at the time anyway. So um, coming out of that was a big wake up call, and I I I had been I, I had been running away from writing basically my whole life, so. When I was in school, I knew I was a good writer. I just didn't like it. <laughs> I just, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I was given all these assignments on topics I wasn't interested in, and I did the bare minimum. I just, I hated writing. I absolutely hated it. When, when, I, was, when I was in kindergarten, 
Um, a, I, I had a, a, a teacher. Her name was Mrs. Smith. Uh, but I had a kindergarten teacher who, I, and I believe, I, I didn't know she was a Christian. I didn't find out, I didn't find that out till years after she had died. Um, uh, but I believe that she actually spoke a word of prophecy over me, and she might not even have known it. You, you know, she, she, might, she might not have had any clue. But for some reason, this stuck with me. But um, I would always write these, you know, just like any other kid, I would write stories about dinosaurs and stuff. I would, I would write uh, stuff about that, you know, in, in kindergarten class and put together books and stuff. And this one day, she, and for those of you who have followed me for a while, you know how significant this is because I don't remember anything, hardly anything before I was 12 years old. There's so many gaps I don't know what happened to me, but there's a lot that I don't remember. But this this really sticks out. I do remember this. Um, so she she was looking at one of the the books I had written about dinosaurs or ET or something, and uh, she she was reading it and you know she she said at first the normal which I forget all of this she said like the normal like good job this is great you know normal stuff, but I remember I remember her looking right at me and saying Josh you're going to be a writer someday. And it wasn't like it wasn't the typical thing that you tell kids like, oh, you're going to you're going to make you you're going to be a great writer someday. You know, it was it wasn't like that. It was like she was talking to me like I was an adult or something. It was like she 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 wasn't being encouraging at that when she was saying that she was just stating like a fact. Um, and, and that re- the, just the way that she said it, just the way that happened, it really it really stuck with me. So for a long time. I got into music and I was running away from writing because I didn't want to do it. I, I thought I was going to hate it just like I hated it uh, in my later years in school, especially high school. I thought I was going to hate it. I didn't want to do it. Uh, I knew I was good at it, but it just wasn't something I wanted to do. Uh, so the music thing crumbled. I didn't have a job. I, I, I didn't have anything else. Um, and it was, it was around that time it was it was around that time that I was I was starting to get like inspired by L.A. Marzulli and you guys already know all all my my story with him and um, you know how he was like a really big part of 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 me doing what I do today. But I, I started getting interested and inspired by some of these other writers and I I thought all right you know I after the music thing crumbled that was like the last straw I was like I cannot run from this anymore. Um, I am called to do the thing that I most do not want to do, which was writing. Uh, now, what, what's funny is, is now it's like my favorite thing to do. <laughs> so God, God can really work in funny ways like that. But I dreaded writing my first book, but, but I, I wrote it. I found out I actually really enjoy writing when it's something that I get to write about. You know, it's not an assignment. It's something I have an interest in. And... Um, I realize that there's a lot more to writing a book than writing a book. You know, there's research, there's, you know, talking to experts. There's just a lot of it that I I found out I actually really like. And so it was through that first book that um, I I really kind of found myself and found the whole writing thing. Uh, So God took the thing that I hated the most and made it the thing that I love the most. And um, he sort of did that with filmmaking, too, because when I first started learning about filmmaking and like video editing and stuff. I, I, I just, it, it, it's such a big thing that I knew nothing about um, that I, I didn't, I, I kind of, for a little while, kind of ran away from learning about it. 
Um, because, I mean, all the camera settings, you know, focus and what's an ISO and what's, you know, just all, all, all of these turn aperture, what's that, how does that, re all of these things, just it just seemed so daunting and seemed like so much. Um, for a while, I, I just, I just kind of, I didn't, I didn't pursue it, I should say. I didn't really run from it, but I didn't run towards it either. You know, I, I, I just, I stayed at, you know, at Skywatch TV doing just video editing, doing the thing that, the, the thing that I already knew how to do, edit video, um, get, get the TV episodes out and, and, and I, and writing books. And I, I just, I basically did that, but there was, there was this open position for a really long time, um, at Skywatch for, uh, um, somebody to, to handle Defender Films. And I knew that that was open, and I, I knew that if, if I wanted to, I, I, could, I could pursue it, and I could probably do really well at it. And, and there were times that I, I, I would, you know, talk about it. And, and, but but, but I, didn't, I didn't really pursue it with everything I had. It, it wasn't until um, we actually had... Uh, I don't know if he's given his name publicly, so I don't. Well, I, I think he's at least given his first name, Keith. Um, but the guy from the the End Times Productions channel, uh, Keith, the guy that does all those videos, he came and worked at Skywatch with us for a while, and he, he's a great guy. But um, he, he's 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 such like he, he's such just a calm, non-threatening, like easygoing person. Um, but he he already knew all of this stuff about like cameras and filmmaking and, and all, all of that. So he actually took time to teach me the basics. And learning it through him, because he could actually show me things on cameras that we had, and, you know, it, was, it, it wasn't like, it, it was just a little bit here and there. You know, just sometimes we would talk about it, and, and every time we talked I would learn a little bit more. But there wasn't this, like, pressure that I have to learn this stuff to do this super huge job. Uh, it, it it just it and nobody at Skywatch put that pressure on me either. I put that pressure on myself. But but Keith kind of kind of cut through that. I think God used Keith to cut through that. Um, so after after a little while of working with him, just a few months, I, I learned a lot of the basics and I started getting ideas about things. And uh, so now um, I'm doing I'm doing this film. Uh, for Defender, and I, I'm, I'm loving every second of it. So something that, that used to seem really daunting, um, I, I really love a lot now, and it, it, it's, it's really not that bad. And uh, so the whole, the whole point of all that is to say sometimes people get into things for the wrong reasons, and sometimes people don't go after things um, because of an unfounded fear, because of a fear that, that the enemy will use against people. So sometimes people get into music or get into entertainment in the Christian scene for the wrong reasons. Um, and sometimes people don't pursue that for the wrong reasons. Um, so when I read stories about people losing their faith um, who, who are in ministry, I don't have the same attitude as a lot of people have about it. And I think Part of it is because because I, I have kind of an inside view of of what what working in ministry really means, you know, full time ministry, what that really means, and there are a lot of challenges to it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of benefits too. Like I'm not going to lie about that. There's a lot of great things about it, but there's a lot of challenges too. So to me, when somebody falls from the faith, 
part of it is I think God does clean house. Um, I, I, I think that God does give people a chance, but I think that when somebody, when it's obvious that somebody is going to use ministry towards their their worldly wants, I think God does clean house, but I think he does give people a chance. You know, so that way when somebody has their time to, to face the Lord, you know, God will be able to say, well, I gave you a chance, you know, I put you in that position, I was hoping that you would do uh, a, a good job with it, or at least learn how to get better. Um, but you didn't. You 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 took what I gave you and you used it for yourself and not for me. You, you, you know what I mean. So I think God does give people a chance sometimes, um, but sometimes people just aren't made for that. So you know I, I've I've I, I've seen that uh, in in certain people. None none I would ever name. Um, but I, I've I've seen that, and like I said, God does clean house. God does tend to get those people out of ministry pretty quick. Um, by the way, no no one I have named in this video. I, I there's no one I would that I've named in this video that falls in that category. Uh, so I, I just want to make sure that nobody's trying to like connect two different thoughts here. You, you know, so. Um, uh, but that does happen. So I. I read stories like this, and I, I kind of have a different attitude about it. So that's a long half an hour preface, preface to, <laughs> to the story. I apologize for that. But for, for some reason, I just feel like that that needed to be said. Maybe, maybe there's somebody watching that is thinking about getting in ministry, and, and you know, may, maybe somebody needs encouragement, or maybe somebody needs some discouragement because maybe they're not going in it for the right reasons, or maybe they are and they're scared and they need some encouragement. I don't know, but, but I wanted to preface this story with all of that um, just to explain kind of what, what my attitude about it is. So do, do I think that this guy, that, that it's better that he's not in ministry? Yes. But I don't think it's anything to be celebrated in any sense that he lost his faith. I don't think it's anything, I don't, and, and, and I don't believe our first thought should be, well, he should have fill in the blank. I think anytime anything like this happens, our first thought should be, what, what could I have done better? You know, that, that's the only form of self-centeredness I think that's actually helpful. What could I have done better? And now, when something good happens, what most people do is they think, how can I take credit for that? You know, how, how, how can I somehow work myself into that good story? That, that's the natural kind of inclination of human beings. That, that, that's kind of what we want to do. What we absolutely don't want to do, and why I think it's a good thing for us to do, what we don't want to do is say, um, how, how could I improve so this kind of thing might not happen again? Now, I want you to notice how I worded that, because what some people will do, and this, this is harmful, I didn't say, how can I be blamed for this? How should I be blamed for this? Because that's self-hating nonsense, and the enemy will use that too. The enemy will use bad things and try to get you to, to feel like it's your fault when it's really not. 
You know, uh, there's there's these two extremes, and we got to find ourselves somewhere in the middle. So there's these two extremes of when something bad happens, the enemy will attack some people into thinking it's all their fault. They're just a rotten piece of garbage. They they're they're only hurting everybody, and they should hate themselves. And then they get depressed and and they get suicidal, and and so the enemy will do that. We can't do that. That's 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 equally as bad as the prideful stuff. You know, the other extreme of how can I take credit for this? I had a hand in this some way too. You know, don't forget about me. Give me credit. Give me praise too. You know, that kind of attitude. And we all know people like that. Uh, both of those are are bad. So while I say we need to realize that we have some responsibility in this, it's not to use as a weapon against you, or, or, or it's not used to say that, you know, you're bad and worthless and not doing a good job, and that's why people are falling away from the faith. It's not that at all. I want to use it as a, as, as a tool. You know, the truth, it should be a tool. I want to use it as, you know, let's look at this truthfully and use it as a tool to encourage us to uh, do better next time or to learn some more. Uh, use this as an example of something in our own lives because we, we know people, we know that chances are, gonna, are very good that, uh, unless you just don't talk about your faith at all, but if you do talk about your faith, and you should, um, chances are pretty good that you're going to meet people that have these same questions. So we can use stories like this, like this guy falling from the faith, as encouragement for us to learn the answers to those questions. So if we do... Um, talk to you know a brother or sister who's struggling with their faith and they have questions that 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 will know what to say. We'll 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 know what the answer is. And and it's not all just they're not all just a pure logical factual answer will satisfy. You know it's not that there there is a place for you know kind of the the more emotional subjectiveness to these questions too. So when, when, you, when you hear these questions that this person is asking, he's not only asking for logic, just pure logic-based answers. We do need that, and he is asking for that. But he also just wants to know that he's not alone. That, and I think that that's a big problem with us as the church, is, is many of us, we, we don't really talk about like, our struggles with our own faith, openly anyway. So when somebody falls from the faith, they, they, feel very, they feel very alone. They don't feel like they're a part of a community because they don't have any, any the only thing that they share is all the good stuff, all the praise and worship of Jesus and all the good stuff, but they don't, they don't have, that, that's missing a lot of the experience of, of just being a human, of being a Christian too, is what, what about the bad times? What about the struggles? What, what, what about the, the questioning of faith that we all have had in our lives? When, when you don't share that with the community that you're in, it, it produces a weak community. It produces a community, it, it produces a body of believers that's strong when things are going good, but the second something bad comes along, it crumbles. Um, so we, that's why, and that's why I say, you know, there's an example of something that we all can do a little better with. We can talk about, we can talk more openly about our struggles with our own faith. Um, Past, present, and future. We have all had them. We all have them from time to time. 
we're all going to have them again. All right, it's going to happen. I, I am saying this as a father of a, a child, a six-year-old child with leukemia uh, and who has gone, you know, with, with my wife, we, we've gone through two miscarriages. Um, I mean, we, we've, we've seen some, some rough stuff. Many of you have seen worse things. Some of you haven't seen things that's not as bad, but it's not a contest. You know, we're, we're not in a comparative contest here with who's seen worse. And it should never be looked at like that. Um, what it should be is we've all seen bad stuff through our own eyes. And when we're open about that, we can identify with one another a little better. It, it, it produces more strength in the community. It produces more strength in the body. And I'd be willing to bet, I don't know this guy's personal life, but if he had that, if he had that, I don't, I don't think... I think he I think I think he would have searched those answers before leaving the faith completely. Um because I know the times that I've had questions and doubts. Um I know in those times it's it's only because of the people that I know personally that that I feel like I'm I'm in strong like kinsmanship with that I can be open with those people even if they're just online, you know, but I can be open with them and I don't have to worry about my self image or I don't have to worry like, like, you know, what, what, what if they don't think I should be in ministry or what if I'm not a good ministry leader because of that? I, I don't, I don't think about any of that be, because that's not real. You know, that that's not, God has always called imperfect people to carry out his perfect plans. But, we have to be honest about those imperfections. We have to be honest about those doubts. And that's why I try to be as open as, as possible with all of you, because I want to encourage you to do the same. You know, I mean, there, I've, I've, I've told you guys about uh, my, my, my past struggles with depression, um, which, which that sometimes does come up too, uh, of course. Um, my, my bone disease, my, my chronic pain, you know, I've, I've, there have been times where I've posted videos where I've just, I have just been in so much pain that day that I just needed to just do a video and get some support from you guys and just know that there are other people out there. And, and that's like the only point of the video is, is just a communication device, basically, at that point. There have been times where I've done that. Um, and I think that one of the biggest problems in Christian leadership today is you don't, you don't really see that humanity that much. You, you don't really see, and so it's hard to connect with people. You know, Ravi Zacharias uh, just passed away. Um, he, he was one of the few, he would talk about his struggles quite, quite a bit. You know, he, he talked about his, his uh, struggles like with his back pain, how, how he went through like all the, but, but he would also talk about the things that he was grateful for. Um, and he would talk about the answers that he's found to these, these questions. You know, why do bad things happen in the world? You know, that kind, that kind of stuff. Did he have all the answers? No, none of us do, but we all have a piece of the puzzle. And I think the more that we can share in that, you know, the more encouraged we can all be to, to stick in the faith. One of my biggest problems as an early Christian is, is I never saw that humanity in people. So when I struggled, I thought I was alone. And it made it very easy for me to fall away from Christianity and go into New Age. So I was in New Age for a long time. And um, 
but coming out of it and coming back into this this kind of fringe Christian thing that I that I do now, I realized, man, I, I I've never met a more just open and honest group of people than than the people that I work with now and and uh, many of you uh, that I talk with online and stuff. You know, the, these are people that, for the most part, um, aren't worried about their self-image, and they'll, they'll, they'll talk about struggles that they have. We need more of that, you know? And whatever this whole fringe Christian thing is that we're doing, you know, this whole thing where we, where th- th- this group of Christians that we're in where we want to talk about, like, aliens and Nephilim and demons and, you know, whatever this is, whatever God is doing with this, um, I don't even care so much about the conspiracy stuff. I mean, that that stuff is interesting. It's 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 important, but but I care more about the j- just the attitudes of of the people. You know, the, the humility that I see in in many of you, and I, I want that to spread throughout the rest of Christianity. I, I don't care if somebody believes in Nephilim or not. I, I really don't. If another Christian believes in Nephilim or they believe in Sethite. It, that that is so low on my list of priorities. It just doesn't matter that much. Um, now I, I'm happy to talk to people about it. You know, I'm not a Sethite guy at all. I do believe that is even borderline heresy. But what I care more about is that person's heart, that person's uh, you know hum- humility. What, what what they're doing in ministry are they are they causing harm or are they are, are, are they showing people how they can better spread the gospel, get more people saved? You know, I, I'm, more, I'm more interested in their heart. And I think that's how God is with us. And that's the only reason that I'm like that, by the way, is, is, is because I think that's how Jesus is. And so that's how I want to be too. Because I used to be the most judgmental jerk you would ever meet. You know, it, it, I, I, used, I used to live as, like, if you didn't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, then you may as well not even be a Christian. I used to think like that. I don't anymore. But I used to. Um, I, I don't care what rapture belief you have. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think your theology. I, I think. I think Jesus focuses more on what's in your heart. You know, where is your pride at? Where, where, where's your, your humility at? You, you know that kind of stuff. Do you love your brothers and sisters in Christ? Do you love the Father? Do you love God? Do you, do you show him that you, you, you know that 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 kind of stuff? That is so much more important, and so all this, all the other stuff, I think is important as well. But I think if anything, they're stepping stones to get at the real heart of an issue, which is the heart. That that's why that's why I I I really I harp on you guys so much about the whole loving each other thing. You know, love doesn't mean that we accept everything or we believe everything we're told. It doesn't mean that we tiptoe around each other and worry about offending one. It doesn't mean any of that. That's not that's not love. That's that that's just being non-confrontational. That that that's being worried about a self-image. Um. But true true love, true brotherly love. We have to be able to be truthful with one another, but we have to not be jerks at the same time. You know, we have to tell our brothers where there is a problem in their walk, but not as a judgmental jerk because we're so much better. It's not about that. It's 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 a lot of times it's look. I've been there before. I know what this is, and I know what it can do. 
I'm here for you, whatever you decide to do. I'm always going to be here to pray with you and, and, and love you through this. But I'm, I'm, just, I'm just letting you know, man, you know, this stuff you got yourself caught up in, you, you know it's not honoring God. It's, it's, it's not honoring to Jesus. You, you could actually hurt some people you know, with this. If, if, if somebody else found out that you're doing this, and fill in the blank, whatever this is, uh, you know, if, if, if you're trying to be a warrior for Christ and they find out that you're involved in this or, or you, you know, whatever, or if you have this attitude or if you're prideful or, you know, whatever it is, you're, you're only participating in them con- continuing on the road to hell, basically. That's why it's so important for us to get ourselves right. It's not even really for our own benefit. It's for the benefit of others. It's to serve others. Um, so what was really encouraging and why I wanted to lead with this, that Facebook post that I wrote, um, I saw more people that follow me, more people that said more things like what I would say. And... I don't want anybody to like be like me. That's again, that's not the point. The the point is I, I am doing my my best, most imperfect job of trying to reflect Jesus. And when when I see somebody learn something from me and reflect a little bit of that back, man, that that that's what it that's what it's all about. That 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 really hits me. That because for me it's 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 a reminder to me that Jesus does have a purpose for me and he's got a purpose for you too and that he he will call us in into whatever purpose that is and he will give you examples of his work getting done through you and that's what we're built for it's not about our own pride it's not about our own self image but it's about fulfilling our own purpose. So when I when I see that reflected back at me, when I see people actually learning, learning stuff and, and, and altering their behaviors and the way that they think and just, just getting better, being stronger Christians through something that I said, to me it's it's God created me for a purpose, and that purpose is being fulfilled through me. And what a wonderful God that He actually wants someone like me to be a part in that. Uh, he, he wants to work with me, and he wants to work with you too. There, there is no better feeling than that. There, there is no, because, because you're 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 literally living out the purpose of your creation. So it's a whole reason you're even existing in the first place. So when you get when you get some of that back, and you you get you get a little like affirmation that. God is working through you, and God is completing, is getting his purposes done through you. And his invite for you to be a part of that is not returning void. There is just no better feeling than that. And so, um, I think, by and large, the church has lost that. Like, for example, I have never, everything that I'm saying right now, I've never heard a sermon preached on it. And may, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I mean, have you? I, I'd be interested to know. Have you ever ever heard a sermon preached on this stuff? 
And I think a lot of times, it's for a lot of reasons, but I think a lot of times the pastor can't get out of his own way. I, th- I think a lot of times the pastor is too worried about how he's going to appear to other people. And that, that, that fear has killed so much. And that fear is rooted in pride, and it's killed so much in the church. We, we, we've got a lot of work to do. So the way I feel about it is if the pastor's not going to do it, then we need to do it together. And I think if we can just learn to get out of our own way, <laughs> um, I think we can really accomplish a lot. And I think that we can do what Jesus has created us to do. And not in this kind of, you know, cliche, complimentary way, but like in a really real way. You exist for a reason. Jesus, God doesn't just do anything in vain. You know, he doesn't just do things and see what happens. You know, he doesn't do anything without a reason for doing it. See, he created you for a reason. You have a reason for existing right now. You absolutely do, because you exist. If you didn't have a reason to exist, you would not exist. It's, it's that easy. But the, the, this idea has become such a cliche that, that no, nobody really talks about how deep that is. You have a reason for your existence, and when you, when you don't know what that is, or you're not living it, or you're running away from it, like I used to do, when when you do that, you're running in you 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 run into the arms of the world that that can never fulfill you, and you're you're, you're disjointed and you're 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 empty, and that emptiness grows. It's like a black hole. It grows and it eats everything good that's in you. It will swallow and turn into nothing, and and, and it'll leave you just cavernous on the inside. And I know because I've been there. And it's very difficult to come away from. It's very difficult to come out of. A lot of people don't. Um, so when you when you and it, it, it's not about a discuss, It's not about it's not about finding what because what what used to discourage me is people would say, well, you just got to find out what you were created for. Like, oh yeah, I'll just figure it out. You know, I mean, it's not it's not. The discovery process is part of why you were created. So it's not like if you don't know what your purpose is, then you're disjointed from God completely. It's not that. You can be on the road towards finding out what that purpose is and totally not know it yet. And you could just be living for God every day, doing the best that you can, you know, preaching the gospel, trying to make disciples of all nations. We all have that purpose. We all have that. Um, you could be doing that, and that, that's your purpose for now. And that's the thing. We, we live in a continuum of time, so your purpose can, can shift and change and evolve and turn into something else. And what I've found in my own life is a lot of the, the, the purposes that I had, it's all part of one big meta-purpose, you know? They're, they're stepping stones towards the next thing. So, and what it all comes back to, whatever your purpose is, 
It's to spread the gospel. It's to make disciples of all nations. It, it's something, God has created you for that. But how does he want you to do it? In what way, with what attitude? Uh, you know, so you and me, we are all a work in progress. So as long as you are progressing, then you are fulfilling your purpose. And that's good, you know. So don't think that just because you don't know exactly what your purpose is right now, that that means that you're somehow out of step with God. That, it doesn't mean that at all. You are out of step with God if you are actively running away from your purpose and you're finding a purpose in yourself or in the world or in something else that has nothing to do with spreading the gospel. Like me with music. Then you are out of step with God. But as long if you're if you're if you're just trusting God, God may not ever reveal to you the totality of his purpose for you until you're standing before him, and that's fine. You may never know. As long as you are trusting God, having faith, sticking with him no matter what, and just doing the best you can, and then learning from your mistakes, learning how to be more Christ-like every day, then you're good. You're, 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 you are fulfilling your purpose, you know? So we, we, all, need to, we all need to do that. Uh, now, in the second half, I do want to get into this story and get into uh, some of the specific questions that this person brings up. Um, but for that, you're going to have to go be a member at dailyrenegade.com. Uh, and um, it's only $10 a month or $100 a year. It helps build this ministry. It helps us spread the gospel. It helps us reach people and provide answers and things like that. Um, and by the way, to the naysayers who would say, oh, you're, you're selling us this, you, you, you can't have the answers to this unless you pay a fee, huh? Come on. Watch any of my videos. For one thing, I am not going to be saying anything in the second half that I haven't already said somewhere else for free. You just don't want to go hunting for it. You, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to blame somebody for things like that. So I, and the reason I say that, it's not for those people because they're stuck in pride it's for the people who would read that comment and not watch the video because they think that that's what this is. Um, and so I, I just wanted to put that out there. It's not about like, I'm not selling you the answers. You can find, I'll tell you what, go, go check out Dr. Michael Heiser's podcast, Naked Bible Podcast, totally for free, the whole thing for free. Everything that I'm about to say you can find there. You can find in the. You 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 can find in Ravi Zacharias's work. You can find it. It's just. Do you do you want to do you want to piece it together for free yourself, or do you want to help us out and then you know we'll we'll we've compiled it for you. You know, so the answers themselves are out there, and if you simply can't afford it. I'd be happy to talk with you, and I'd be happy to give you resources for free. I've been doing that my whole my whole ministry. So to those naysayers, um, I would say I just don't think you know me very well. And you've probably been burned by other people before, but that doesn't mean that everybody's like that. And it doesn't mean that you should uh, totally bash somebody's ministry uh, before you take the time to find out what they're all about. All right, so um, go be a member at dailyrenegade.com. Uh, and 
you know what, actually, today today I'm going to do something a little different. I've, I've changed my mind. Um, today you are going to get the rest of the episode for free. Everyone will, but it's going to be the audio only. So if you want to see the video, because uh, we're going to put some images on the screen and stuff like that. If you want to see the video, go be a member at DailyRenegade.com. Um, but I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to have a graphic up telling the website. Um, but, but, uh, I am going to, I am going to just put the information out there for everybody. So you can get the, you can get the audio version for free, but there is an entire video. So go to dailyrenegade.com to get that. Uh, okay. So, um, hopefully everything said in part one will serve as a good preface for what we're going to talk about. Because all of this is very important, and it is impossible to condense down into like a 10-minute soundbite. So sometimes I get uh, comments from people that say, you know, Josh, get to the point. Sometimes you can't, you know, and I think this whole get to the point attitude is, is something else that's hurt the church as well. Some, sometimes you need context. You know, you can't just get to the point. In most things, you need the context around it to understand what the point is. So, so in giving the, the answers and in, in talking about the answers to this person's question, you, you need the context about the right attitude and pride and humility, and you know when 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 we're when we're being too accepting and when we're when we're not being accepting. I mean, all, all the stuff we talked about, you need that context to even be able to understand the story at all. Um, if you if you want something that's just going to get right to the point all of the time, you you just want quick little five minute sound bites. This is not that show. Uh, so here is all right. Let's talk about um, he, th this comes from Daily Wire. So here's the story. Lead singer of Christian rock band Hawk Nelson says he no longer believes in God. Um, so John Steingard, lead singer of the Christian rock band Hawk Nelson, regretfully announced on Instagram last week that he no longer believes in God. So he said, quote, I've been terrified to post this for a while, but it feels like it's time for me to be honest. Uh, and, and let's pause right there. So my, my, my first question is, okay, because he, he's about to say he doesn't believe in God anymore. Why is it important to be honest if there is no God, you know, if there's no God, the whole value of honesty, it really has no value, would it? Um, if there is no God, then the runner up to that is natural selection, survival of the fittest. And by natural order, those who survive are usually the ones who can um, take over the other. And sometimes that's done through lying or through not being honest. Like, like this right here, this is going to hurt his music career, right? So if there is no God, honesty really has no value. And why, why not just keep, you know, survival of the fittest would be the thing. You know, that, that would be the next runner-up, right? So why not just lie, say there is, say that you still believe there's a God and keep it going in your music career, you know, for resources and, and to, you know, because we as human beings, we need resources, we need money to keep us alive so we can buy uh, resources and things like that. Um, if there, if there's no God, then materialism is all there is. The most important thing to human beings is, is resources. And his standing in his career right now 
is going to be the best. Like, like what he's doing is not helping his career at all. If anything, he's making sure that he's going to have a more difficult time getting resources. So he's going against his own natural, like what his own natural law would be if, if it was no God and only evolution, only survival of the fittest. So just the fact that he wants to be honest, you know, if, 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 if he, if he had an honest friend that would, that would encourage him to think deeply about this, just the fact that he wants to be honest should be evidence that he's making a mistake here. Because, if the, again, if there is no God, then it's, what's the other alternative? It, it's materialism. You know, anything that's, all the physical stuff, that's kind of all there is. You know, there's, there's no God, there's no spiritual reality, that, that's, all, that's all fake. Those are stories we tell ourselves. Um, and it's, it's lies that have been told to keep people in line for all of history. You know, all, all of that stuff then why does he feel like he wants to be honest? If materialism is true, then he would not be doing anything wrong by continuing on dishonestly, writing music, uh, selling CDs to the Christian crowd. I mean, they're getting something out of it. They're getting music that they, that they love. Um, as long as he keeps writing music the way he's writing it, he's not leading anybody away from, you know, he's not, he's in, in a materialistic sense, he's not hurting anybody. He's providing a service for, for, in exchange for money. So if there's no God, then what is the harm in continuing to do that? Yet he still feels like he wants to be honest. That, that alone should tell him that there's more to a human being than what you can physically see. There is a soul. There is a spirit. There is a God. You know, there is a thing called honesty that is a real thing that we should strive for. All of these things are real. Otherwise, he wouldn't feel the need to be honest at all. So that's the, like if I was talking to him, that would be one of the first things that I would bring up personally. Um, I wouldn't bring it up judgmentally. I wouldn't bring it up hatefully. I wouldn't try to try to get one over on him. You know, that's that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to we're trying to convince him that, you know, based on his own feelings, just just based on his own feelings, something's off here. You know, some something's wrong. So something something doesn't add up logically. So that would be the first thing. Um all right, Steingard said in the caption prefacing his lengthy Instagram post, uh he says, "I hope this is not the end of the conversation." But the beginning, okay, so that's good. He's open to want to talk about this more. This tells me that he hasn't come to a final decision. He's still searching. You know, he, he's still looking. And I, I think the, the way that we could read this, and we'll see later, I think he's begging for people. He's begging for an answer. But I think that he's, he's not wanting it from just random people like me or you. I think he's begging his closest friends. But... But he's not going to do it to their faces. You know, he's going to do it in a public post like this, hoping that, because think about it this way. And, and I, I don't think he's, he's like thinking all of this stuff like consciously, but think about it this way. I, I think he wants to know if his, if his friends are really his friends, you know, if they really care about him, if they really love him. Okay. If you confront somebody and, 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 the, and the way, one of the ways that I think 
just unconsciously that he that he's searching for 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 this validation um is he he wants to know if these people care enough about his eternal soul or care enough about him or, or love him enough um to 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 help him through this struggle that he's going through right now to help him right well if he goes to them face to face one on one he knows that person is going to have an obligation to 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 help him based based on the fact that there's a face to face accountability right if it's a public post they, that obligation goes away. So this way, and again, he's not consciously thinking this, but this, it's all just an unconscious kind of feeling or, or unction towards, towards this. In a public post, this, this tells him, do any of his friends actually really care about him? Because, again, his heart knows, well, I should say his spirit knows there is a truth. God is real. God is true. He, he's, he's reacting to that without knowing that he's reacting to that. So he's putting this, 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 this public post out there, hoping that one of his closest friends will take it upon himself, or a family member or somebody, will take it upon himself to go over to him, love him, talk, talk through these issues with him, spend time with him, you know, re really struggle with him through this. Is he getting that? based on the responses from his friends no he's not uh, he's getting a bunch of people that are telling him that they, they love him no matter what which fine i don't I, that's better than hating him but i don't think that's what he's looking for and, and again like i said i don't think he even knows really what he's looking for i think this is all an unconscious thing uh, we all would do a lot better if we um really took the time to really super examine on an individual basis, why we do and think and feel the things we do and think and, think and feel, you, you know? So when, when you have a feeling towards somebody, like really, really think why, why do you feel that? You know, why does that bother you? Or why, why are you doing it in this way? And, um, you, you know, we, 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 I, I think we, that, that can help us a lot. So, and the reason that I'm saying he's doing this is because if I was in that place in life, this is exactly what I would be doing. Um, I would put out a public post to see who really cares about me. And it's it's because it's not for his fans. It's not for random people. He is looking for answers, but he's not looking for only answers. Because he's going to get a bunch of replies that are going to give him answers to these questions. He's going to get a ton of them, more than he knows what to do with. That's not really what he's looking for. He's looking for just one person, one family member or friend that he has to spend some time with him and struggle with him through this. You know, talk out, talk out the, the, these issues and say, man, I've been there before too. I know exactly what that's like and it is, it is rough. But you know what I found out? You know, I, I, I found, and then, you know, whatever, whatever, but have, have a conversation. I don't think he ha I don't think this guy has many people that really, really care about him in that way. And I think this whole thing was an, un and again, he doesn't know he's doing it. It was an unconscious test. It, it, it was like a, a way, because really what he's searching for is love. And if he can't find love from his brothers and sisters, then he believes that he can't find love from God. And that's why he's falling away from the faith. 
That, that, that's, why, that's why just it's easier to believe that there's not a God. It's sort, it's sort of like when, when people are abandoned by their fathers and it's just easier for them to go through life um, with the attitude that they don't really have a dad, they don't have a father. And I know that because my dad abandoned me. Um, you know, so in, in, in an active way, I don't have a dad, meaning I, I don't have, like, like, my biological father doesn't want anything to do with me, right? But I still have a father. I still have a biological father. You know, he, 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 he's out there. Um, but he's not active in my life. And he doesn't care to be, so he's not an active father. But I went through most of my life just saying, well, I don't have a dad. I never had a dad. That, that's not exactly true, but it, it, it is easier to, to say it like that. Because it's, it's, it's easier to behave as if somebody doesn't exist, somebody who's rejected you, than to face that reject, re, 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 reject, rejectment rejection <laughs> head on um, because to face it that's painful and it is and and I, I've I've done that and I'm, I'm still in the process of doing that it, it's a, it's a difficult thing but it's it's true that's the truth the truth is not I don't have a dad I do have a dad and he's negligent and he's a very prideful person Um. And I really don't have a whole lot of good things to say about him, you know, to be, to be honest. I don't hate the guy. I don't want bad things to happen to him. But I, do, I, I, I would like him to grow up, you know. I, I would like him to... It would be nice if he wanted to be a dad to me, but he doesn't. And so that's the reality of the situation, okay? So we face that head-on when we get rejected... We face that head on, and then we start thinking outside of that. All right, well, God has provided me many father figures who may not be my biological dad, but they are definitely dads, like they're definitely fathers. There have been a lot of positive male role models in my life, a lot of them. Um, and so when I look back on it, it's like, you know, I... I don't, I don't, I don't have, it, 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 to say I don't have a dad is incorrect. I do have a dad. I actually have a lot of them. And then to take that even further, I have a heavenly father. And that, that is a bond stronger than biology. Because this isn't just some biological dad. This, this is, this is a being, this is a person who consciously created me from nothing, you know, he created everything from nothing, and he did that consciously, willingly, knowing exactly the kind of person I was going to be, knowing exactly how I would turn out. He created me and loved me and accepted me, you know. He doesn't accept everything that I've done in my life, nor should he, because I've, I've sinned quite a bit. Um, but he's accepted me when I, when I asked him to be my father, when, when I accepted the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. He accepted me. So, so I, I think 
like, like, I, like I said in the first half, you know, there, there's two parts to the equation of, of love. There's lo- love God and then love one another. And when half or all of that equation is missing, we're empty, we're broken. So I think, and, and they both can affect the other. So the Bible says, you know, if, if, you, don't, if you don't love your brother, you don't love God. Um, and by contrast, you know, the, the, the same thing would be true. If you don't love God, you don't, if you don't love God, you, you can't really love your brother. But um, if you don't love your brother, you don't love God. You don't know what love is. You, you know, uh, so this guy, he's fallen away from the faith. And I think unconsciously he's, he's struggling to find some, some, some just grasp of true love that he can, that he can hold on to, uh, to weather him through this storm. And I don't think he's getting it, unfortunately, but, but I, I think unconsciously he, he, I, I say unconsciously as if it, I think this is all a spirit thing that's driving him towards this. This behavior. I think in his spirit, his, his spirit knows that if he can find just some evidence of true brotherly love, maybe through that there's evidence of, of God and, and maybe he can hold on to his faith. Because that's what the spirit wants. The, the spirit craves to be with God. The flesh doesn't, but the spirit really does. So his spirit is trying to trying to, 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 to guide him in these directions. But like many people, his flesh probably guides him and not his spirit. But his spirit is trying to guide him through these, these, these directions that will hopefully lead to him being reconciled, you know, finding his way back to God. Um, but it's, it, it, the spirit has the barrier of the flesh in the way. So, so sometimes it comes in through these, these weird things, like leaving this very public Instagram post. Uh, so let's continue on. Um, so I, we've made it through two sentences, and, and we had that much to say. But, um, but he says, I hope this is encouraging to people who might feel the same but are afraid to speak as I am. I want to be open. I want to be transparent with you all. And also open to having my heart changed in the future. All right, he, he is open to having his heart changed. So this right here tells me he's being guided by his heart. And his, as we know from Scripture, the heart is a deceitfully wicked thing. So we shouldn't be guided by our heart. We should be guided by the Holy Spirit. Um, but see, he still has this, this want to help people, to guide people, to lead people. He's just leading them into the wrong thing. So I believe God probably did create this guy to be some sort of ministry leader in some capacity. Because that, that's how he's acting as that, but it's just coming out in, in, these, in these awful ways because he's lost his faith. So, so he, it, it's like his, his purpose has been perverted now. And so now he's trying to encourage... And, and look, people should talk about... you know if, if people are having doubts or if people are feeling like they want to fall from the faith, they should talk about it. They should not be afraid to talk about it. And we as Christians should not be afraid to hear them out. You know, we shouldn't be treating them like they're garbage now because they fell away from the faith. And we should not be saying things like, well, they were never Christian to begin with. And I will get into why. I, I will get into why we should not be saying that. Um, because that, that is a severe misunderstanding of Scripture. We're going to get into 1 John 2 in a little bit. But... Um, 
that, that's a severe misunderstanding, and all that does is it makes the person who's questioning their faith feel like, well, now I just don't have a place to belong then. If I can't even ask a question, because we, we as Christians should be asking questions. It's very inhuman to just not ask questions. We're going to have questions, we're going to have doubts, we're going to have concerns, we need to be open and honest about that, and we cannot act like that's not the case. Because when we do that, we set this unattainable goal for every other Christian that they have no hope of achieving, and when they don't achieve it, they're going to think, well, this whole thing is, is not real then. Because they think that's what Christianity is. They think Christianity is, is somehow being in this perpetual state of, like, of, of, of not, not questioning your faith at all or not having doubts and just being in just absolute perfect communion with Jesus all the time. And it, it, it's at least right now in this broken, fallen world, in these broken, fallen bodies, that's not what it is. It is that in the spirit. It is it is that, you know, in eternity. Then yes. But right now that it's just unrealistic. And to act to act like that, even if you're not saying it like that, if you're acting like it, you could be doing more more harm than than good. You could be doing quite a bit of damage. And and this is part of the reason that people fall away from their faith. Now again, like I said, it's 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 not all the church's fault. It, it's 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 his fault too, because he he didn't go and seek these. And what it sounds like to me, I don't think I think the logical questions that he has are just an excuse. I I, I think that's 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 kind of the excuse that that he's putting out there. I th I think what's really going on is he's probably been hurt, but I think he's around probably a lot of fake Christians. And he probably has friends that has a lot of friends that aren't really friends, not not really. They're friends when things are good, but when things are bad, they're just kind of like, "Well, we love you, and you know, we're here for you." And but but they're they're not willing to go through like pain with him. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that that is probably a a deep hurt that started a long time ago. Again, I don't know him or his story, no clue what he's been through in his life. But it just just only based on this, if I had to guess, I would say that that that's the root of it. That that's the that that's the root, and all of the so these questions that they'll feed on that. You know, the the, the root is going to sprout and it's going to grow, and like the fruit of this root are, are all these logical questions. So I don't I don't think the questions are really what did him in. I, I think that that's that's kind of the excuse. And again, he doesn't know that. They're just an excuse. To him, these are very real things. And they are real questions. I'm not saying that they're not real. They are real. He should be asking those. But to have those questions and to, to not go and search out the answers, which we live in the age of the Internet, he, they, these answers are out there. They're available, you know. He could have found them if he wanted to. He could have taken, because I've had those questions too, but I wanted to find the answers and I spent years looking for them. I'm still looking for some of them, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to deny Jesus over it. Um, he, he, he did choose to fall away from the faith because of it. So that tells me it's not really the questions. He can, he can fulfill, 
Those, 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 that need to find the answers to these questions, he, he could fulfill that. And pretty easy in, in, in our day today. But he didn't. And I don't think it's out of laziness. I don't think it's because he's not genuinely questioning. I don't think it's any of that. I think it's because that's not the root of the problem. I think the root of the problem is something a lot deeper that he probably hasn't confronted. Um, probably doesn't know how, probably, probably hasn't even thought that it's something he should confront. You know, because, uh, again, a lot, we have a lot of these surface things that we say as Christians. Like, I, I, I'd be willing to bet, like, if he, if, he, if, he, if he was hurt before by somebody, people probably told him, well, you know, you just you got to forgive people. You got to forgive them. That's true, but that's not the whole. That's not the whole point. That's not the whole story. There, we do need to forgive people. I, I went through the same thing, like with, with stuff with my dad. I went through the same thing. Like I'm not a good Christian if I, if I'm mad and and haven't forgiven this guy. I don't know how to forgive. I don't. I don't really know how to do. You know, I, I dealt with all of that, and that does lead to starting to doubt God. Because when you think that that's what Christianity is, that's a very easy Christianity to debunk in your mind. And the forgiveness thing, there's a lot, we'll have to do like a whole thing on just that, but there's a lot, like one small thing, forgiveness, forgiveness and trust are not the same thing. You can forgive somebody and never trust them again. You can forgive somebody and cut them out of your life completely. You know, so like my dad, I've forgiven him, but... I likely will never talk to him again. I won't be able to trust him again. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's impossible. I will always leave that door cracked open a little bit because God can do amazing and wonderful things in, in the worst of hearts. But but I, I, I don't anticipate that happening. It could, it might, but I, I don't think it will. So... That, 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 that's, that's part of it. If I get too much on this forgiveness thing, we're not going to get to the rest of the article, and this will be a four-hour-long peck report. So I, I, I've got to move on. But, but there, there, there's, there's a lot more to it than just that. But I bet, I bet nobody was willing to get really deep, because many of them don't know how either. Many of them don't know how to talk about this stuff. They think that they're doing good. They think they're doing the... I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying his friends are bad people, it's just we have so many Christians that just don't know and they don't they don't they're not they're not taught how to think about these things deeply because because of church leadership, ministry leaders uh, because again they many of them don't know either all this is why I say you could play the blame game all day long, but what it comes back what it all what it's just going to come down to is what can you and I do to make things better for these people? To, to help them be a little bit more effective, you know, be better uh, leaders in the kingdom, be better servants in the kingdom, really. What can we do? Because that's, that, that's, that, that's an easier thing to kind of figure out, you know. That's, the change begins in the individual. It doesn't begin from the top down. Real change starts in the, in the individual. That individual can go and influence others. And then, then you got a bunch of individuals who are all making changes within themselves. Then that spreads out, and that 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 can that can cover the whole earth, right? So, change. That, that's why I'm way more focused um, and, and interested in finding what can we learn to do better through stories like this, rather than who's to blame. You know, is it him? Is it the church? Is it is it the leaders? Is it his friends? That that. 
it's 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 fine to talk about, but but only if it serves the end goal of what what can what can we do better? Like if if his friends share some of the blame in this, I want to know what they did wrong so I know how I can improve, so I don't do the same thing, and so I can help teach other people not to do you know that that kind of stuff. Um, all right, continuing on here. Uh, so he's open to having his heart changed. I'm not looking for a debate at all. See, this this is a coded message here. This is his unconscious. This is his spirit. He doesn't. He's not looking for a bunch of answers to these logical questions he's going to bring up. He's not looking for logical answers. He's looking for a real friend. You know, he's looking for actual, true love that his spirit is craving. And that's not getting fulfilled. That's why he's saying, I'm not looking for a debate at all. He doesn't, he, he's not looking for 10,000 answers from millions of his fans that are going to tell him everything that he could have found out on his own anyway. And he doesn't want a debate because, and th this is a two-sided coin here, uh, he doesn't want a debate because he knows he can't defend his position. Because in his spirit, he might not know that consciously, but in his spirit, he knows he has an indefensible position here. He, he knows, he, he, his spirit knows that. That's why he doesn't want to debate, because right now he's decided he's, he's left the faith and he wants to indulge in that. that. That's why you see, not to get political, but that's why you see like leftists, these crazy leftists, They'll go and like protest, but they will never debate. You know, they because they don't want to debate because in their spirit they know they have an indefensible position, and they run away from debate because it's darkness running away from the light because they know once a light is shined on them, they are going to be exposed and they want to remain in the darkness so they're not exposed so they don't have to face themselves. They don't know that consciously. It's not like they're walking down the street thinking, thinking all this stuff, knowing exactly why they do what they do. They've probably never given it any thought. But that's what's going on. That's why, that's why Scripture says, you know, darkness runs from the light. Darkness wants to stay in darkness, and the light wants to expose the darkness. Darkness doesn't want to be exposed. That's why he doesn't want to debate, because right, right now he's following his flesh, and a debate could shine a light and expose all of these lies that he has now accepted. So the enemy that is, is, is pursuing him and the, the enemy that has pulled the wool over his eyes um, doesn't want to be exposed. And because of that, he doesn't want to be exposed either. So, or at least he doesn't think he does. It would be better for him if he does. He should, he should want to debate. But I don't blame him for not wanting to debate. He hasn't learned why that's a good thing. You know, he hasn't learned that yet. Nobody, there hasn't been anybody there to teach him. It's a very good thing to debate so you can learn about all of your flaws. That's, that's a good thing. So you can learn about any inconsistency you have in your logic. You, you, you should want that light to shine on you, even if it means, and most often it will, that you're wrong about something. Or if you are right, you should, you, should, you should want to know why you're right so you can explain it to other people. Not so you can indulge in it. Anyway. Just a chance to share my story in the hopes some good can come from it. I love you all. So 
again, another mention of love. That's what he's really after. Some good. So he 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 know he he wants a purpose. He knows he was made for a purpose. His, his this fleshly stuff isn't allowing him to. It's not allowing him to fulfill that purpose he has in God because now he's running away from truth. And so he, he's, he's still hoping some good can come, meaning he still wants a fulfillment for his purpose. That's, what, that, that's what's driving this guy. He, he doesn't know it. Most people around him aren't knowing it, but I, 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 I'd be willing to bet, you know. I can't say for certain because I can't look into somebody's heart, but just if I had to guess, I would say that that, that is what's driving this guy. And it's perfectly understandable. It's completely a reasonable thing. To, to, that, that's a reasonable thing. He's going about it in the wrong way, unfortunately, but he doesn't have anybody close to him that's telling him otherwise. That, that can help, help him help explain this to him or, or help him really explain it to himself. He doesn't have anybody that's challenging him to look inside himself and see who he really is. Why he really thinks what he thinks. Why he does the things that he does or says the things that he says. That's why he doesn't want that debate, but that's exactly what he needs. And it's not, it, it can't, it, he doesn't need a debate about the logical questions he's going to bring up. He, he needs a debate on, on what, 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 what's really going on here. You know, what's, what's really going on in your, in, in your heart? Somebody has hurt you. You've been hurt. You've been disappointed. There, something has happened. And this has probably been with you a long time. You've never confronted it, and now you think you're living a lie because you're in Christian ministry, music ministry, and you have this unsettled thing, and you think that you're a hypocrite because of it. You know, you, you, you think that you're living a lie, when really you're not living a lie. You know, you can have those problems and still love Jesus, but it's just you haven't dealt with it, so that makes it easier for the enemy to come in and convince you that it's something that it's not. You know, According to Steingart, he always had an inherent problem with evangelical Christian culture. Notice, notice he didn't say Jesus Christ. He didn't say even the Bible or Christianity. He said evangelical Christian culture. By the way, I have a ton of problems with this too. Um, our Christian culture is a mess. And I see it a lot in the evangelical side, but that's because I, I, I am more in the evangelical camp than anything else. I have no idea what, what like Catholic culture is like or what, like um, I don't know, Methodist Christian culture is like. I, I, don't, I don't know really about that stuff. I, I'm, I'm more in the evangelical world, so I, underst I, I just know more. I just understand that better. And I've got a ton of problems with, with the, the culture that we have built for ourselves here. Um, so he says even, but, but that, that doesn't mean that you fall away from the faith. See, I mean, this would be somebody for, it'd be easy for somebody that he knows that's close with him to just tell him, like, look, well, your problem isn't with Jesus. You know, your problem's not with God. Your problem is with the church. And fine, <laughs> you know, there's a lot to be criticized there. But he was probably brought up in an environment similar to mine that says if you criticize the church or if you criticize Christians or if you, if you criticize any of this stuff or have any, any questions of your own, you must not be a true Christian. You know, you, 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 you're showing a lack of faith. When you don't have the answers, just take it on faith. I can't, I can't even count how many times I have heard that. No, if you, can't if, you, if you have questions, go find the answers. 
and hold on to your faith in Jesus through the storm. Because there is a storm coming. You know, if you have doubts, you're already in the storm. And to go and search out the answers, that's just bringing the storm in. But hold on to Jesus because he's the one that can walk on all that water. Right? But he doesn't have anybody telling him that stuff. You know, he's got this, 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 this cultural Christianity that's told him the same stuff it told me. That it's a lack of faith if you, if you doubt or if you question or um, if, if, if you, know, you feel these things or if you, if you have criticisms of how, how, how Christian culture is behaving today. I, all, all of that. So he's equating that with biblical Christianity and he's thinking it's all the same thing. But, but again, notice, he, he didn't say that he's got a problem with Jesus Christ. Now, he is going to bring up some things that will make it seem like he's got a problem with Jesus. But he doesn't. He's got a problem with, with, with culture. He's got a problem with Christianity today not providing him the answers to these very basic questions. Right? That, that's what he has a problem with. Understandably so. That doesn't mean that you throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, you don't throw the whole thing out and, and fall from the faith because of it. But he, he doesn't know that he should hold on to his faith and go find the answers. Because, again, he's not really looking for the answers. He's not really looking for that. He's looking for love and acceptance. Same thing I was, I was looking for, too, growing up. That's why I went to New Age. That's why, that, that's, why, that's why I fell from the faith. Instead of just bringing up with my family the problems I had with them. You know, just, just, uh, growing up, I, I felt so unloved and, 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 and just mocked and like un, just unworthy. Like I, I was the butt of everybody's jokes, you know. Um, I, I, just, I, just felt, I just felt so worthless growing up. But I never brought it up with the people in my family who were doing this to me because I knew that they would never accept it. I knew they would never change their behavior. They would not grow up and learn anything from it. If they, did, if they did change their behavior, all it would mean is they still felt the same things. They just weren't telling me about it anymore. And what good is that? They're still feeling the same things. So I, I, can, I can definitely understand that. And I can understand how easy it is to misinterpret those feelings as a problem with Jesus or a problem with the Bible when really it's not. It's a problem. You, you, you've been hurt by a Christian before. You know, that, that, that's what it is. But we also, we also don't have a church that provides answers to people who are feeling things like that. There's so many Christians that don't go to church because they went to a church and they were hurt in some way. And the church just doesn't really provide an answer for that. And the answer to that person is, well, look, you, you can't define Christianity based on Christians. you you, you got to define Christianity based on Jesus. You know, it's easy. It's really easy to find fault in other Christians. We're all human. That's a that, that is like a that, that that's a pillar of the Christian faith. We are sinners, right? You you should kind of expect to be hurt by other people. You know, now now that doesn't excuse it. It's still wrong, but it's not it's not a reason to throw away your relationship with Jesus because of it. You know, so define define Christianity based on Jesus Christ, not based on Christians today or Christians at any other point in history.
Um, anyway. So even as a child growing up in a pastor's home, he had this problem, uh, which then blossomed into a problem with the Bible itself as he grew into adulthood. Now, that, that's why I said it, it's going to look like he's got a problem with the Bible. He doesn't. He has a problem with people who didn't provide him any answers. And, and because of that, he has a problem with his own uh, inferior interpretations. So he has a problem with his own interpretation of the Bible. He doesn't have a problem with the Bible. Now, if he understood proper theology and had a problem with that, then that would be one thing. But that's not, that's not what's going on here because he doesn't have the answers to these questions. So he says, so I'll give you some examples. So he says, I remember being uncomfortable with certain things, he said in his youth. Praying in public always felt like some kind of weird performance art. I can identify with that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with praying in public, but people do use that sometimes. They use that as a way to show off to one another. And I saw the same thing growing up. And because of that, I used to think I had a problem with praying in public. I actually don't, I, I'm, I don't love praying in public. <laughs> there's, but I know it's my own insecurity which is behind that. It has nothing to do with praying in public itself. Praying in public is a good thing. We should do more of it. And I do go out of my way to do it even though I don't like doing it. You know, I, I'm uncomfortable with it. But I'm the one with the problem. Praying in public isn't the problem. I'm the one with the problem because I saw the same kinds of things. Um, and, and it just made me really uncomfortable. Plus, I, 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 have, I have some, like, mild PTSD problems from stuff I went through when I was a kid. So it, it is kind of difficult for me to be around... It, for, with certain things... Praying in public is one of them. That, that's difficult for me to do. I can get up and speak in front of a group of a thousand people and be totally fine. I, I think my largest, my largest audience was like three thousand something people, and I, I didn't really have any issue with that. But like, if I have to like go to like if I have to go and like mingle with people one on one, that's like a death sentence. Like that, that is it, 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 praying in public. I'm uncomfortable with it, just like that. Now I'll do it because it's correct and it's right. And I do, I do feel like I need to do it, and I'm not going to coddle my emotions like that. Oh, just because I don't like doing something, or just because I'm uncomfortable, then I'm not going to do it. No, I'm absolutely going to do it. If it, I, I, I make a point to 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 pray in public, even though I don't, I don't like doing it. Um, I, I, ha, I have, I have uh, conferences where I'll do that. If somebody, like, like for for me emotionally, one of the worst things is when an individual comes up to me and asks me to pray for him or her. Now, spiritually, that's the best thing. But for my own broken, dumb emotions, my own stupid heart, you know, for that, 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 that makes me so uncomfortable. But I'm the one that's wrong. I'm the one with the problem because of that. And I need to get over it. How do you get over it? You, it does... I, I, the way that I've, I may never get over it. Like, I may never be totally comfortable with that, but it doesn't matter. It's the right thing to do, and it's not about me. I'm in service. I'm here to serve you. So if you ask me to pray with you, I absolutely will, 100%. I will stop what I'm doing right then and there, and I will pray with you for as long as you want. Because I'm here to serve you. I'm not here to coddle my own stupid infantile emotions. So, so like, what, what I mean is, like, I, I would never want somebody to not ask me for prayer 
because they know that there's some part of me that's going to be uncomfortable with it. That part of me is, is fleshly. It's not spiritual at all. It, it, it's some fleshly thing that sprung off from abuse I went through when I was much younger, so, which has nothing to do with you. So, so I would never project that on you. But it took me years to get there. It took me years to start seeing it like that. And, and it, took, it, took, it took a long time, and it took a lot of very honest people. So this guy, I think, has some of the same hang-ups. He's got some of the same emotional hang-ups, but he doesn't know it because nobody's loved him enough to talk to him about it. Or they do love him, and they don't know this stuff themselves, in which case those people didn't have you know, people that loved them enough to talk. It's this perpetuating problem. Um... Okay, uh, yeah, uh, he, so he says, Emotional cries such as, Holy Spirit, come fill this place, always felt clunky and awkward, leaving my lips. Yeah, so he's expected to say this stuff that just feel weird to him, and but because of the culture, the Christian culture he was in, he, he felt obligated to have to say it. So when you're, when you're almost forced to say things that you're not really feeling at the time, it makes you feel like a liar, and then it makes you feel like, the things you say you believe you don't believe, and it makes you fall from the faith. So you see how all, all this is. That, that, that's why just, just be open and honest with people. Wherever you are in life right now, just be open and honest with people and be as self-aware as possible. That's why I'm not, I'm not here trying to act like the typical Christian minister, ministry leader type person. I'm, I, I would, I, that to me would be fake. You, you know, and that that is a path towards destruction. I think I, I'm I'm here just being myself. You know, I'm I'm here just being my real broken self. We're all broken, but we can all be broken together, right? But no, nobody ever taught him this stuff, unfortunately, which is really sad. And you know, we we need to pray for him. I'm hoping, if anything, this this gives you a glimpse of what might be in this guy's heart. And I'm, I'm hoping that it'll encourage you to pray for him. Um, I, I think he's just got. I think he's just got a lot of emotional things, maybe abuses. You know, I don't know, but I think he's just got a lot of emotional stuff that he never has been able to deal with. He he, he has. He doesn't know how. He does. He he hasn't. You know, I'm not talking about like therapy and that kind of stuff. That might play a part in it. You know, I don't know, but but he hasn't even had a chance to get the ball rolling on it. So now he's just saying, well, just you know, just just forget the whole thing. I, I'm not a Christian. You know, if because you know what he's thinking, he's thinking if I if I'm going to be broken anyway, I'll just go to the world that doesn't require anything out of me, that doesn't expect me to do all this stuff, and, and to be this perfect. Christian person, I'll just go to the world that doesn't want anything from me and be broken with everybody there. That, that's what his broken heart is, is thinking. Because we've put on this facade of what a Christian should be that's just not real. It's not attainable. We are all broken. And we need, we need to start being honest about that. Um... A youth conference I attended encouraged every team to sign a pledge that they would date Jesus for a year. It felt manipulative and unsettling. I didn't sign it. Well, good for him for not signing that. I have never heard of that. Have you heard of that? 
He had to sign a pledge that he would date Jesus for, I mean, I get, I get it. Date Jesus is probably a metaphor for celibacy or something like that, but oh my gosh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't assign that either. See that kind of weird stuff that that's what drives people away. And then they turn that weird stuff into dogma. They turn that weird stuff into, into the religion itself, into Christianity itself. And it's not. Now, yeah, no sex before marriage. That, that is a Christian value. Absolutely. But this whole creating a new doctrine of dating Jesus for a year, that, that's the same kind of stuff the Pharisees did, adding to the law, adding these weird little stipulations and these weird things. And that, that's what Jesus came and just railed against. Jesus doesn't like that kind of stuff, guys. We need to, we need to quit. We need to knock it off. Because all we're doing is... is, is we're, we're leading. We're leading. We're leading people on a path that's gonna. That's gonna. That's gonna make them fall away from their faith. As as what happened to this guy, date Jesus for a year. I've, ne I've never heard something so ridiculous in my life. See, I, I read this stuff and it's like, man, I'm surprised you held on as long as you did. You know, you don't. You, you don't seem to have any true friends. You don't seem to have anybody that loves you enough to to hurt with you. You know, you, you had to grow up with all this date Jesus for a year stuff. You know, you, you were forced to say things in public that you didn't want to say and didn't feel, and you didn't feel like you could deny that because no, you knew nobody was going to give you any answers. If I thought that's what Christianity was, I wouldn't want anything to do with it. The reason he's falling away from the faith is because he thinks this is what Christianity is, because he doesn't know any better. You know, he, he doesn't know about the personal relationship with Jesus part in it. Because a lot of times that is skipped over in the church. You know, they'll talk about it in like cliche ways, real surface level stuff, but they don't focus on like they don't that that's like the bedrock of our faith. That that is like that should permeate everything else. But that gets glossed over in favor of Date Jesus for a year doctrine and weird stuff like that. Man, this, this guy really needs our prayer. I mean, the, the more I'm reading this, just the, the more my heart is just absolutely breaking for this guy. Um, like I said, I don't know him. I don't know his music. I have a feeling I probably wouldn't care for his music because I, I don't like that style of music very much, but that, that doesn't matter. I mean, I, I'm, I'm surprised he held on as long as he did. I'm hoping, I'm, what, what I'm hoping is that he will realize that he's falling away from cultural Christianity and hopefully not his relationship with Jesus. You know, I, I'm, I'm hoping, because that, 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 that's, when I say I fell away from my faith, you know, before I got into New Age, I never denied Jesus. I never, I never broke off my relationship with him, you know, but, when I fell from my faith, I thought that I was rejecting. Like, I, I, I thought it was weird because I didn't really know what Christianity was. So I actually thought I was still being a Christian, but I was adding to it. I don't know. I thought all sorts of weird things, but, um, but I, I didn't deny Jesus. So hopefully, hopefully what it is for this, this guy is hopefully he's, he's, he's just rejecting cultural Christianity and he hopefully in time he'll he'll learn that that's what he's doing and it's not that 
It, it sounds like all of his problems are the same problems I have with cultural Christianity, but my problems aren't with Jesus. Um, now, he's going to bring up in a minute, he's going to bring up some problems that he has with the Bible and things, but th they are very easy. There, there's easy solutions to all these. I, I don't think that he's seeked them out because I think he has problems that are way more important to him, way deeper, the emotional stuff. I don't think he, the, the, problem, the problems that he's about to bring up about the Bible, I, I actually don't think he cares about that much. Um, I, I, think, I think what's really doing him in right now is the type of Christianity he's been following. Um, it's, it, it's a very watered down, ineffectual version of Christian. It's just not real Christianity. It, it's not. And I, I, I hope that the way this story ends is that it turns out that, that that's all he's rejecting. And I don't mean this story, this article. I mean his story, you know, his life. That I hope there comes a day, like it did for me, that he will realize what his real problem was, was with cultural Christianity. It wasn't with Jesus. It wasn't with the Bible itself. Um, despite those concerns in his youth, he still ended up pursuing music and found, genuinely found some peace with the band Hawk Nelson. However, as time grew on, Steingard increasingly had trouble, trouble with the concept of evil. If God is all-loving and all-powerful, why is there evil in the world? Can you not do anything about it? Did you, not choo did you choose not to? Is the evil in the world a result of the desire to give us free will? Okay, then what about famine and disease and floods and all the suffering that isn't caused by humans? In our free will, God is loving. Why does why does He send people to hell? We're all questions that plagued Him. All right, all of all of these, there are, the, these are very basic apologetic questions that there are answers to. Um, I actually did, and I, I can just do brief. I'll do brief, but I I did. Uh, Stephen Bancars and I go go to dailyrenegade.com. You can find our whole conversation. We spoke at length about these very same questions at length. Um, we, 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 we spoke about them and really got into the, how to answer all these and what, what it all means. Basically, he, he, he's got three basic questions here. One, the problem of um, um, unconscious evil. The, the problem of intelligent or conscious evil is the second one. And, and then um, the uh, not understanding justice, you know, adjust to God kind of thing. Um, let me let me deal with the the hell one first. For, first, you can. Th there's different ideas about hell. There, there's different versions. Like there, there's different there's different interpretations. I guess I should say about hell. And you can be a Christian and not believe in eternal torment. Like that doesn't negate your salvation. Now I do believe in eternal torment. I don't like it. But, you know, I do believe in it. Um, but there are Christian friends that I have that are totally, they, they, they follow Jesus, you know, they love Jesus, but they, they believe in, say, annihilation or something. You know, there, there's a lot of different versions of, like, the whole idea of hell. But let's take the eternal torment. Well, why does he send people to hell? And we as Christians have gotten used to saying, he doesn't send people to hell. People send themselves to hell. Like we think that that's some kind of 
deep thought or something. You know, we got to quit saying that. That that when we say that, all the other person hears is, "Oh, they don't have an answer," and they're blaming the victim because they're seeing being sent to hell as being victimized. They're they're seeing it as an act that God is victimizing somebody. So so we we gotta we gotta we gotta show them how that that's not really what's happening here. For one thing, eternal torment doesn't mean torment forever and ever and ever. It is that, but it's a state outside of time that just where you are, what you are, when you enter eternity, that's what you are because there is no time to be anything else. There's no time to change or, or to, to get better or to become something. There, there's, that, that's over. It's a state outside of time. So that's the first part. So eternal torment it's 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 being separated from Jesus in eternity. Now, why are we separated from Jesus? Because at one point or another, that person, whoever the person is in in question, has rejected him and has decided that he doesn't want to have a relationship with Jesus. He hasn't pursued one. Now, this would not count for people who have never heard the gospel. As far as I can tell, people who have never heard the gospel... Um, you know, Paul talks about it, how like there, there's evidence of the creator and the creation and, you know, so they're without excuse and this stuff. Um, God, God's going to judge them how he's going to judge them. But I don't think Jesus expects people to like give their lives over to Jesus if they've never heard of Jesus before. You know, so, so I, th I, think, I think it's a little different there. I think that they they do need to believe in God. I mean, they need to believe that there's a creator and they 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 I think that they have to want to have a relationship with with the the creator. They have to be pursuing like who who this is, what this is, what is this all about? You, you know? Cuz ultimately when we accept Jesus, that's what we're doing. We're 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 pursuing this relationship with our creator through Jesus cuz there is no salvation without Jesus. Um, but, but, but again, you know, Jesus is God in the flesh. So it's, it's the, the whole Trinity thing. So if you're not, if you're not doing that, God, because he's perfectly sovereign, he's just, he has awarded you free will. You, you, you are free to make that choice. He, he's not, he's not punishing. It, it's not, it, I mean, it is, there is wicked, there, there's, there's a whole, there's a whole part of this that is the punishment of the wicked. He's, he's a just God. So because justice is a part of his nature, he has to judge things justly, I guess, you know, uh, he has to be a righteous judge, um, because that, that's just his nature. That's what he is. So like, you run a red light, you go in front of a, a judge. Sometimes you see this, these videos of the judge saying, well, you know, you, you had a rough life, so we'll let you off with a warning this time. You know, and everybody's like, oh, that's a good judge. That's a good person, but that's not a good judge. That's a good person. Why isn't he a good judge? Because he's not judging according to the law. Again, it doesn't make him a bad person. He's a great person. I, I, I love it when judges do that. I think that's, that's fine. But, but according to, you know, our American set of laws, which is imperfect, by the way, uh, but according to those laws, he is not judging perfectly, according to those laws. There's a certain punishment for that, and he's not judging in accordance to that. So, okay. Now, 
with God, it's not like he came up with the, it's not like he just decided one day to write these laws and these are the laws that they're, they're birthed from his, his nature. They're, they're expressions of his nature. So like where, whereas like in America, in America, there was a time that a law was created and now that law exists and now we have to follow that law. That, that's not how it is with God. With God, these laws, the, these, these things that we call laws, they, they have always existed because it's, it, they are expressions of God's nature. There, there are things that are in line with his nature, and those things are called righteous and holy. And there are things that are against his nature, and those things are called unholy, wicked, and unclean, and, you know... Those things are those things are by nature. Those things are set apart. They cannot be in line with with God's nature. It's it's logically impossible. That's like saying a circle has four sides. You, you know, that that that's like saying a, a circle has has four ninety degree right angles. No, it, it that is impossible. That's a logical impossibility. So. By its very nature, sin is set apart and separated from God. It's not God's fault. I mean, this is this is His nature. This is how He this is how He is. So, so when human beings fell into sin, we, by our nature, are set apart from God. So that being the case. What God does is says, okay, well, I'm going to invite, I'm going to make a way for you to be able to get back to me because I love you so much that I will, I will absolutely do that for you. I will provide you a way to, co to come back. There's a way that you can come back. You can be reconciled. Um, you just can't do it with your sin, you know, because again, that's like the square circle thing. It's just an imp impossibility. But I will provide this way for you to come back. And based on his nature, everything, all of his expressions of who he is, which are recorded as, as laws, um, through all that, there is one way through Jesus that it's possible. It's not, it, again, it's not like God just sat up one day and got up and thought, I've got a good idea. I'm going to make one way for salvation. And this is the only way that, it, it's not that. It's, it, it's, it's that this is just the only way that it could possibly be because of because of who God is, you know, and, and he, he doesn't change. He can't help like who he is or what he is. There is no fault in him. There is nothing to help. There is nothing to be regretful or remorseful for. He is the most perfect that there ever could be. And through that, through the nature of that, that perfection, there is one way that people don't, that, that people can not be separated from it. And that's through Jesus. Okay, so what about people that don't accept Jesus? Well, then the, the, through, through their own free will, they're not accepting that gift. Then by nature, by, by just the very, that very nature of how the thing is, of how this whole thing is, then they, 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 they go into eternity. When they die, they go into eternity separate from God. And because it's eternity and there's there's no time, that's why it's forever. That's why he, they, they can't be forgiven. That's why that, that they can't be forgiven anymore. That's why God gave us time. T 
time, time, I think, is a weird anomaly that God created in order to give us, time, there's just no better word for it, you know, time to choose him, to become something other than what we are. That's why when an angel falls, there's no redemption for them because they're, they're in and out of eternity. You know, they're, 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 they're spiritual beings. You know, they're, there, there is no, there is no like angelic redeemer that it just, it, it just, it can't work with that part of reality, and it's hard to talk about because there's so much we don't know about it. But I've been talking so much and just leaving it on that article. <laughs> but um, so if people don't have that relationship, if they don't, if they don't pursue a relationship with God through Jesus and and want to get back to Him then God honors that free will. He gave us free will. He's not going to go back on that. He, he honors that free will and they remain se separate. That's just how they are. It's not, it's not about God sending people to hell. That does happen, but it, it's not about that. That's, that's, not, that, that's not the whole story of what... That, that's, not, that's not the context around it. You know, people look at, the, at the God sending people to hell and they don't, they don't see the greater context around what's actually happening here. So, so they are eternally, by nature, separate from God with no way to return to Him. And that, I think, is really the, 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 the beginning of hell. Like, that, that is hell. You are, because you are in this eternal, eternal torment because, you, because at that point you know you, you realize what you've done. You realize what's happened. You realize that that, that eternal torment and, and now your existence is like illegitimate. It's like invalid. It's like it was never meant to be this way. And because it's a spiritual thing, that, that torment is expressed objectively as well. That's where like the fire, the lake of fire, all of that stuff comes into play. So that, that, that is more, it's not a full answer. There, there's a lot more to it, but my screen froze and I could talk for another two or three hours on the subject. But, but that, that's part of what it is. Okay, looks like we got our screen back. Okay, so um, yeah, like I was saying, uh, that's not a full and complete answer, but, but, but I could talk for hours about that. But there are answers to that. You know, there are, there are reasons. And, and some of it has to do with what eternity is, what time is, what hell is, what separation from God means, uh, what God's natures are, what laws are. And, you know, in the church, we're not given the proper definitions to any of this stuff. So, of course, we're going to have questions like this. Uh, the, other, the other couple points. Um, why is there evil in the world, basically? Well, people do have free will. And so... People are allowed to exercise that free will. And God doesn't trample over somebody's free will because if he can stop if he can go against someone's free will when they do something bad, then he could force somebody into loving him or into doing something good or into serving him, and that would make him a tyrant. And it goes against his nature. Now sometimes he sometimes there there are certain situations where he can put blockades up or do you know do things to kind of you know but but he doesn't change he doesn't he doesn't unless they want it changed he doesn't change somebody's heart like he doesn't he doesn't 
he doesn't force people to serve him, is what I'm getting at. Now, there are times where he'll harden hearts. That happens. We know that with Pharaoh. There are times that he's done that. But those people have already rejected him. You know, look at all the stuff that happened before God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And Pharaoh still was not willing to submit to God, then he never was going to. And God's going to get his purposes done one way or another. Pharaoh could have been a part of that. If, if Pharaoh wanted to, Pharaoh could have submitted to God, let the people go, and he could have became like, he, he could have became, uh, he, he, could, he could have been invited into the fold. You know, he, that, that, that story could have gone differently, but that was, um, that was Pharaoh's choice. So, so that's what happened. Uh, God didn't take anything away from Pharaoh. Pharaoh had already rejected God and was always going to, and there wasn't anything that God could do within his own nature that would have convinced Pharaoh to, to, to change his mind. And so, you know, again, because it's free will. It would go against God's nature for God to force somebody to, to worship him or love him. So it's all about free will. So that's why there's intelligent evil in the world. Um, now, what about what about like natural disasters and stuff? You know, can't God stop a hurricane? Well, for one thing, we have no idea how many hurricanes God has stopped. If God stopped a hurricane, how would we know it? Like, what if there were supposed to be a hundred hurricanes this year, but there were only two because He stopped all the other ones? They never even formed. Well, why wouldn't God just let them form and then stop them so we could see that he's doing it? Because, come on, we would not give him the credit for that anyway. The world would not give him the credit for that anyway. We know that. But God do, God's not going to do some, something like that just to get credit for himself because he's not, he's not prideful, right? We have no idea how many bad things God has stopped. We have no idea, you know, why, why, does, why does a child get cancer? I, I have a child that has cancer. We have no idea how many even worse diseases there could have been that God hasn't allowed. Now, you know, we, we, we have no clue. And we're not, we're, we're, we're not appreciating that at all. We're not saying, thank you, Lord, for never creating Glorflops disease because it's not a real, we, we have no concept of it because it's not real. So imagine, imagine God says, okay, no more cancer. No more cancer, no more hurricanes. Okay, well, there's still heart attacks. There's still tornadoes. All right, so he gets rid of those two. He says, okay, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll get rid of those two. Well, there's still broken bones. There's still car accidents. All right, he gets rid of broken bones, no car accidents. Then what? A generation comes up that has no memory of these things. Everything is fixed. Let's say he fixes everything except stubbing your toe. That's the only bad thing that can happen in the world. We think cancer in a child or the rape of a child is as bad as it can get, and it is. In this physical world, it is. I am not trying to downplay that one bit. I'm trying to give us some perspective here. We, we have no clue what things he has stopped. Now, maybe he didn't stop anything. Maybe this just is as bad as it, as it could get, and he hasn't done anything to stop it. Well, why would, why would he do that? For one thing, 
we, we do lose perspective on death, what death is really all about. When, when, I, when I die, I, I, I am going to be set free from all the pain I have ever felt. No more pain. It, it's, it's a good thing. The death process itself most likely will be bad. You know, it's never great. But the whole, the whole, the whole, the whole thing of that is, is, is I, I am now with Jesus and, and, and it's much better for me. Now, that can only be true if it's done by, in God's perfect wisdom. So he's the one that decides that. Like, I can't go and just kill myself and think that, you know, that, that, that that's going to be within God's will still. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that if people kill themselves, they go to hell, by the way. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, because like, I, I could see somebody saying, well, if that were the case, then why don't Christians just all kill themselves? You'd be with Jesus. It's because cause that's not in accordance with his will. He doesn't want that for us. He has he has other things that he needs us to do, and to do to do something like that would be stepping out of his will. So if we really love Jesus, then we're we're not going to do something like that. Um, you know, and of, of course, there's exceptions. There are people who are mentally ill. Uh, there 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 are exceptions to that, but but that's why that's where we say, well, God can only really know somebody's heart, and God is the judge, not us. Um, but at the same time, we know that He will fix all of these things when the time is right. Now, we might prefer him to do it now, but we don't have enough knowledge or wisdom to know if now is the right time for him to fix all of these wrongs that he himself did not commit. Right? We, 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 don't, we don't know enough about his plan or the whole story. We don't know enough about it to know that it would actually cause more damage, bring more evil in, or, or, or have more bad things happen if he were to fix everything now. There would be more souls in hell if he fixed everything today rather than when he decides is the right time to do it. So there's there's a reason for that, and it's all in accordance for His will. Now again, all of these they are they are deep questions and stuff, and we could talk forever about them. Um, but and and you know, with a lot of these, we're we're going to be searching for answers for the rest of our lives on them. You know, I, I don't have all the answers to this, but but it's not anything that's going to make me lose my faith because I I don't require to know the answers for me to hold on to my faith. Because a relationship with Jesus does not mean that we're going to have the answers. Most times it means the opposite. But that's not what our relationship with Jesus should hinge upon. You know? If we don't understand something, we should ask God, we should go try to find an answer, study it, you know, do the best we can. Um, but that shouldn't, play a role in our relationship like it, it's like it's like if a you know if, if a kid does not understand what his dad does for it like his like let's say his dad is an electrical engineer and the five-year-old has no clue has no way to understand what that job is really all about or what it means so the dad dumbs it down and says well here's something you can understand you know i turn you turn the lights on the light comes on 
put the light off, you know, turn the switch off, the light goes off. That's kind of what my job is all about. Dumb, dumbs it down for the kid. But now the kid, the kid can't understand, well, why are some lights on and some lights off? And, you know, why, why aren't, you know, the kid's going to have questions about that. That, that, that because of the child's stage of development, the father isn't going to really be able to explain. Um, the kid doesn't hate the dad because of that. You know, the kid still loves the dad, trusts the dad, but is still curious. So it's good to be curious, but we don't. But the, the kid isn't suspicious of his dad. The kid's very curious, but his love for his dad isn't hinged on the information that his dad is able to provide. So our relationship with Jesus should not hinge on the information that he can provide to us. If we don't know something, then we can go and look for the answer, but what if it's just that you don't understand what he's doing? Couldn't it be that? Because if you don't like how he's doing things, then you're assuming he's doing something wrong, and you're also assuming that you know you, you would know better, which means that God, in that reality, God created an entity that knows better than he himself does. That's, in, that's logically impossible. Like, how, how, how could God create a, a source of truth greater than himself? It's just, it's impossible. So you can bring up these, these, these like, logical fallacies, you, you know, and, and do it in love. You know, don't make the guy feel like an idiot because of it, because he's probably, he probably hasn't thought about it. Not this deeply, because we as humans, we tend to react on our emotions and our feelings, on our hearts, that's why that's why the God sa- that's why God says that the heart is deceitful and wicked. Um, we tend to rely on our, our hearts for this kind of stuff and and not our brains so much. Uh, so, but you can you can cut through the heart. You can get there through the brain, you know. Sometimes, but e- but even that, it all depends on the person. What what's going to be really effective is showing love to 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 these people. Showing love, praying for them. And the ultimate source of love is God himself. So praying that the Holy Spirit will move in this person's life. And uh, that's the way we should look at it. That's, that's the way it should go. Okay, th- this Peck Report has gone on long enough. There's more we could talk about, and we certainly will in future Peck Reports. Oh, I promised we were going to get into First John uh, 2. Let's do that real quick. Um, I totally forgot about, about that, because I, I did say that we were going to, so we do need to. Um, okay. Um, the verse is 1 John 2.19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they may be made manifest. They were not of us. They were not all of us. This verse has been used to say, if somebody falls away from their faith, they were never a true Christian. Is that really what that verse is saying? And are you sure you really want to hinge on that? Um, for one thing, you're, you're totally disregarding free will. A free, a person with free will can accept Jesus and then can decide later that they want nothing to do with him. They can exercise that free will. Now, if they do that, I believe that they will be going to hell. They, they, they can, but they, we have free will. Now, now people want to always turn this into a once saved, always saved versus, you know, can you lose your salvation argument? It's not about that. Because 
what they turn it into is, well, then that just means that you could commit a sin and then God could just revoke your salvation. No, it doesn't. That's, these are two totally separate things. <coughs> it is once saved, always saved, as long as you choose to be, you choose to follow Jesus and you want to be saved. That doesn't mean that if you commit a sin that God is going to reject you. But you could still reject Jesus if you wanted to. If you decided you don't want anything to do with him, you don't believe him in anymore, you, 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 if you decide that, you're free to do that, but you're not going to be with him in eternity. In that sense, you have lost your salvation. Now, if you're a Christian, you believe in Jesus and you mess up, or you get caught in some habitual sin, you should not be doing that, but you're not going to lose your salvation over that. You know, you, you will be out of step with God with, with, with God's will for you. You know, and, and, and if you love him, you should want to do what he says, that all that kind of stuff. But he's not he's not gonna just throw you into hell because you I don't know, you, you, you made it you thought about a girl or something. I don't know. You you, you made a mistake. Um He knows you're gonna make mistakes. So so these are two totally separate things. It's not a once saved, always saved. All right, all right. Now uh so they take this verse and they say, this means anybody who falls away from the faith, they were never really Christian to begin with. That's not what the verse says. That's not the context. That is not what's going on here. And that is not true. So we as Christians need to quit saying that. Let's read and see what John is talking about here. Up here, we, we can pick up the context up here in verse 18. Little children... It is the last time. Okay, it's like end times. That's, that's what he's getting at here. We're, li we're living in the, la the, la the last of, of the times. And as ye have heard that antichrists shall come, even now there are many antichrists. So there's a lot of antichrists whereby we know that it is the end times. We, okay, so we know that it's the end times because there are antichrists around. They are antichrists, okay? There are many antichrists. So he's making a distinction here. There's the little children, there's, there's us, there's Christians, and there's the antichrists. The people who are not Christians. They are, they are a thing that is not Christian. They are antichrists, okay? You got two separate groups there. Two separate groups. All right, let me get back on screen share here. Sorry about that. Um... So what does it say? But they, this is in verse 19, they, who's they? The Antichrists. They went out from us, but they were not of us. The people who are already Antichrists. So this is not talking about Christians who lost their faith. The, the, these are infiltrators. It's telling you how to identify people infiltrating the church, people who are already antichrists, they're all, they already hate God. They want to infiltrate Christian groups and mess them all up. How do you identify them? You, you, know, you know that they're antichrists because they, if they were Christians, if they were of us, they would have stuck around. But they went out. They left because that's what they do. These, 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 it's like when a witch today, when a witch will go and infiltrate a church, cause up a bunch of trouble, act like they're Christian so they can give you a charged object, you know, and then cause a bunch of trouble. 
It, it's, it's like that. It's telling you how to identify people like that. This is not people who lost their faith. Now, they might, they might have lost their faith a long time ago, but, and they're just evil now. But this is not saying, this, this verse is not saying that if somebody loses their faith, it means that they were never a Christian to begin with. That's not what it's saying. It's saying there are antichrists out in the world. There are people who have already denied Jesus out in the world. That's the they. Not people who lost their faith. This, this is people who are already antichrists. They're already in that group. And they are going to come and try to infiltrate your groups. But they will leave, and that's how you know that they're not Christians. Even if they, even if they act like Christian, you know that they're not because they will leave. Now, when, when somebody loses their faith, they, they, they still tend to hang around. They tend to still have a lot of the same Christian friends. They, they don't just leave and then you find out, oh, this guy actually has a bunch of Satanist friends, and it turns out he's been in these Satanist groups for five years or, you know, whatever. So when we misinterpret the verse, we're, we're losing out on a, on a warning and we're creating this weird new doctrine. And, and we're telling people that if they, if they don't remain in their faith, then they were never Christian to begin with. And that's going to make them not, want, not have any interest in, in returning. So I, I, wanted to, I wanted to get into that. And I got a little assignment for you. There's a lot more we could talk about here. Uh, but we are really running out, we are running out of time. So um, I want you... You yourself or you with your family or you with your friends. I want you all to read John chapter 2 because it talks a lot about loving your brother and how you're not in the light if you don't love your brother. I want you all to read John chapter 2, either by yourself or with other people. And I want you to think and pray and ask God to show you, is there any of this in me? How can I improve based on what's written here? You, you know, is there any darkness in me? That, that's my assignment for you tonight. I, I really want you to, I want you to take it serious. It's just one chapter of one book, so you can do it. Read First John chapter 2. Thank you so much for watching. Until next time. Take- hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.